The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. hates me but um yeah no, no matter what wi-fi connection i use it 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 never ceases to conk right when i'm about to open my mouth this is gonna be like the second or third time this is happening <laughs> right when we're about to start the show <laughs> there he goes and well you know if if uh you didn't watch this game Honestly, he didn't miss a whole lot. Uh, there was a 47-minute lightning rain delay that caused the game to end at like 12.30 or 12.20 around there at Eastern Time. So, as Tony Romo joked, it did wind up being Friday before the game ended. And that's only because the Bears took like, I felt like seven or eight minutes off the fourth quarter with their long drive. Uh, just to make it 14 points. This was, at times, could have been a lot closer, but almost every time, it was a turnover of some sort or another that caused the Packers to be able to extend their lead. This game was marred also by injuries to the Packers players, and we're, we're playing at Lambeau Field here, which is what was the weird part, but... Team, where do you do? A little bit. I mean, I figure the players would have had to adjust to get the different depths of their cleats after the lightning delay, which 
interesting because there was still a lot of rain and a really significant crosswind after that. But even before the big delay, I was like, um, running backs in particular, Green Bay, <laughs> they're getting hit kind of hard here. That was a little weird. Yeah, Tom Montgomery has broken ribs. Uh, that he said really early in the game. So if he and it's tough for him to play next week if they continue because these guys get hit every play. It's not like a quarterback that you can put the vest on and maybe he can tough through it. Then you tell the offensive line to make sure they block or the receiver can be out there and just you don't throw to him too much. But the running back, that's that's a difficult thing. And they felt the hit for a while uh, because Williams wasn't doing a whole lot and he gets injured. And it wasn't until about the second series with uh, Jones that they finally got something going with him. And he started to, to pick things up where they could actually start running the ball. Uh, but they, they really felt the hit. And after he went out, they, that's when Green Bay started getting some three and outs and such. But honestly, it was a big, long drive for the Packers' start of the game. The first throw by Glennon is a sack and a fumble. And that was quickly turned into 14 points. And then on the next possession... You have a fumble by Jordan Howard that uh, does not turn into points. Of course, this is when I'm talking about that uh, Tom McGurmy is out, so they started having to throw a lot more. Uh, they couldn't have the balance that they had before. And, yeah, just if it wasn't a three and out, it was another problem and another problem. And, it just they could never get to any kind of rhythm when it's still what fourteen and nothing. You have that Clinton Dix. Both the interceptions were, and what was so funny too. I don't know if you noticed this, Eric, that it seemed to happen every time Romo kept talking about, oh, Mike my, my Glenn, he's playing well. Oh, Mike Glenn, mm-hmm. he's he's doing well. Here comes this. Bad overthrow of the defensive interception. Jinx. Now he I heard nothing of what you said there. Oh, I was just saying he's has had to deal with the announcer's jinx because now he's pretty much got it. Yeah, not just announcer things. I mean, the two fumbles, you kind of feel bad for him. The two interceptions, totally on him at that point. So, the reason why is because with the fumbles, they're not necessarily his fault. I mean, didn't right. one of them bounce off his knee? Yeah, it was a low snap, uh, a low snap that bounces off his knee and goes forward. That that's right there, no matter Yeah, and it was really they they also missed a field goal as well, and, uh, because they decided not to 
go for it on fourth down, or the Packers somehow don't go for the holding hole and allow it to be fourth and ten and they're still in field goal range, and they they miss the field goal there. But honestly, a lot of this game there was talk of because of how bad Glennon was playing, we could see Mitchell Trubisky and that touchdown that he gets at the end of the half saved his butt probably. Did you think we could see Trubisky if they go into the half scoreless? Uh, no, because I said at the beginning of the season it would be right around week five before we saw Trubisky, if anything bad happens. And really, throwing him in, not having a lot of reps with the first team throughout this week or the past couple of weeks against what was, it, especially at the time, a really tenacious Packer defense, it, it was not going to work out well. Now, even with the loss, you've got, a little more than a week and a half because they're not playing until Monday night. Now's the time where, okay, get him some more reps, get him some more practice. If you are going to put him in, let him kind of start fresh. Yeah, I, probably being another national TV game, they'll probably trot out Glennon again. But, I mean, if he does badly in that Monday night game, I know the Bears have a tough schedule, and, but uh, you've got to start thinking about, you know, hey, what's better for the team, just to keep losing with the same quarterback or try something different? I mean, is it really going to be that worse with Trubisky? And, look, uh, the reason we're not really talking about the Packers here is because, look, Aaron Rodgers looked great. Uh, you had Jordy Nelson get some wide-open touchdowns because at that point the Bears just weren't covering anybody. And uh, Aaron Jones looked good running the ball, you know, once he got things going and everybody else. I mean, uh, the only thing I will say is poor Devontae Adams. But it is a nasty, nasty hit that Danny Trevathan put on him. If there was room for targeting in the NFL, that was one that could definitely deserve that. He was already wrapped up. There was no mm-hmm. need for that. So everything just no. comes in and hits him square, helmet to helmet. Right. And we were mentioning about this in chat. And I think with all of the discussion around concussions, around CTE, now apparently new studies for being able to diagnose CTE in living patients, I think that the Competition and Rules Committee is going to look at something like this for next season. I think, honestly, I don't know that perhaps, uh, mainly because we don't see it so much in the NFL. You see it a lot more in college because, you know, players are reckless and they're younger uh, they're not, I mean, they're being taught to tackle, but let's be honest. They're not really. They're just out there telling them to make plays. Right. And so in the NFL, you're being taught how to tackle, where to tackle. We don't see that stuff that often. Like, this hit is very rare nowadays where you can say that he was going out there to maliciously hit that person. 
And and I agree, but I think, and let's face it, we all know that for the most part, the NFL is a very reactive league, not proactive. And I think that because these kinds of hits are rare enough that you're not going to see a lot of pushback, even if it's suggested but not implemented. It's like, okay, well, there's arguments here, but it's very judicious. Yes, this never happens, blah, blah, blah. So it may not come up. You might be right, but I think this could be something to look at over the coming off season. Yeah, Devontae go to the hospital. He does have movement everywhere, though, so no worries on that front. But it's still awful. Absolutely. Yeah, it it looked terrible, and I did see, thankfully, very early on as he was down on the ground, movement looked like he was moving his arms. So that was a bit of a blessing and. Having movement in all of his extremities, another blessing, but wow. Yeah, I, I mean, I know there's a protocol for this kind of thing, but this might be one where the NFL has to skip the protocol and go to the automatic one-game suspension or something for trading. Is that, you know, that's something that needs to be discouraged immediately. I mean, look, again, I want to say that we don't see this a lot anymore. No, but just because of the you know the penalties cost you games themselves, and it, you know the Packers are just the, the Bears are rather fortunate that at that point the game really was out of reach, so it wasn't as impactful as it could have been. But you know, uh, it, yeah, it, for me, like what stood out is that. They were, you know, the, the running back duo was working in a sense. Uh, they didn't get the big runs that you expect, especially from Cohen. I think that would have set them up nicely. Uh, you know, Glennon having his issues doesn't help. And then, you know, also the receivers just aren't good enough. And they were dropping passes. They were not knowing where to line up. I mean... Again, some of that can go on Glenn and some of that can go on the coast, whatever, but just this team is needing better receivers badly. And I don't know that Trubisky fixes that necessarily, but, you know, Rumble has a point that the offense is also not going to a quarterback's uh, strengths either. No, and you can attribute that really more towards the offensive coordinator because John Fox has always been a defensive guy. When he was coach of the Panthers, they got to the Super Bowl based upon a very stifling defense. He had a great running back, and Jake DeLone was in there doing his thing really when he had to. Now, Steve Smith was doing his thing too. Well, yeah, I mean, Steve Smith was really Jalone's number one receiver, but let's be fair. When you had a great veteran running back who was coming over from the Redskins and a guy like that, big power, come on. But now Fox is in that same situation here, 
and he never really focused on any sort of development or really getting a good coordinator that would have any sort of development with this kind of offense. That's not happening. It's not happening now. So maybe that means a shakeup. Maybe that means a change in draft strategy. I don't know. But there are a lot more holes to fill, especially when Trubisky becomes the guy. Certainly. And it's also very telling that for a major part of this game, the Bears had, I think, at least like 10 plays where it was a loss of yardage. Mm-hmm. If not more than that, that's that's horrible. And that's not necessarily on the offensive line. Just no. Either on Glennon or on... You know, the running back's not doing their job. I mean, I thought for the most part the the offensive line gave him time. It's just, again, the the lack of ability from the receivers compounded with Glennon just making horrid throws at times. And when he did start getting them going again, he had the, the mistakes. So, yeah, it's, there's... Not a lot, I think, more in the game. Again, I want to say that the Packers just offensive, defensively, just looked like the better team the entire night. Mm-hmm. They they soundly beat them. They committed the turnovers needed to be committed. Uh, they pressured Glennon when they needed to pressure him. You know, moving forward now, you know, the Packers, their next game is not until October 8th in Dallas or in Arlington against the Cowboys. That's, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll have to see what, what Dallas does against the Rams. But a lot of time to prepare for a team that they got to look at nice uh, in the playoffs last year. Yeah, and the fact that you get to sit and watch them against the Rams and kind of do a little bit of extra game planning based upon that, not even have to worry about the film, you get to see them going live and in action. And that is going to be to the Packers' tremendous benefit, but I still think it's setting up to be a good game. Uh, I think the Bears are waiting to see what happens. Uh, this weekend as well because the Vikings have already announced that they will have another week of Case Keenum against the Lions. Uh, No Sam Bradford, he is out, and they will be waiting until that Monday night game uh, to see if Sam Bradford will play or if you're getting Case Keenum that night. So that's going to make a difference. Again, you got to wait and see. Uh, The divisional opponent here for Case Keenum to play much different than playing the team that uh, he played against uh, last week. So we'll, we'll see if the Lions key in, and they got that pass rush to do it, key in on Keenum, and make him vulnerable. We saw the Bears get Aaron Rodgers a few times, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers is a very intelligent quarterback. He knows, he knows when to roll out. He knows what he's supposed to do. Uh, he got them several times. Uh, that, uh, I think one of the most significant ones, it's fourth and one, and Jody Nelson just rolls, he rolls out and gets this bunch of yards. I mean, 
that tells you everything you need to know about that game, I think. But uh, week five, I think, also begins the, or is it this week? No, it's... No, it's uh, week five begins the bye weeks as well. Yeah, and, and it's weird because normally the bye week window goes from four to 13. Now this year it's going from five to 11. So it's going to be a big benefit for fantasy owners. And let's see how teams in the league really adjust to this as a whole. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's true too. Uh, it's a lot more teams being off on certain weeks. And having to compound that, put that in through uh, six weeks altogether instead of having that more spread out is, is kind of weird. But like you said, fantasy is becoming more and more important. And I don't know that that is the biggest reason why that's happening. But No, I don't yeah. think it's the biggest reason. And I would like to see what the NFL's reasoning is behind the change. But, again, maybe this is a one-off. Maybe it's not. We'll find out as time goes on. Yeah, so the Packers keep winning and continue to be undefeated. And the Bears, you know, after the big win on Sunday, lose... And the Green Bay Packers take the lead for the first time since 1933 in the series. Uh, We'll see if they don't have it tied again uh, the next time they play. I doubt it. I mean, yeah, taking the lead for the first time since 32, 95, 94, and 6, and... I mean, it is a ways down the road. Maybe the Bears fix something, but I think for the Bears to kind of reclaim the tie, they're going to need to sweep them come 2018. Always possible, but it's in Soldier Field where the Bears tend to play better. We've seen that now through two games there. And we'll see. Maybe Mr. Trubisky is playing by then, and the team is rally around him. We'll see. Definitely what's going on with the Bears. But again, you know, the Packers have the Cowboys up next October 8th. The Bears, Monday Night Football next week against the Minnesota Vikings. So that's going to do it for us talking Thursday Night Football. We will either turn the page here to just moving on to the next uh phase, which is talking about the games coming up here on Sunday, and of course that Monday night game, and then, or you'll just go through on that football to the max feed, which if you subscribe, you get everything, you don't have to worry about, about uh, where this goes or that goes, just hit the subscribe button, you'll get the feed in there, you'll see both of the podcasts, you just exit out of this one, go to the next one, the NFL week four preview And we'll see you then. Peace.
The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.